755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome, welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty. What's going on, Eric? What up? Nothing really. Not much. Not much, man. We are uh, counting them down now. Got uh, two, about two and a half weeks left till spring, till the regular season starts. And things are getting interesting down here at uh, Northport, beautiful Northport, Florida. Hey, let's start with the two outings. The outings Tuesday afternoon by Mike Soroka and Monday night by King Felix Hernandez. The Braves' potential numbers one and five starters, respectively. Uh, number one being Soroka, number five being Felix. And, well, with Soroka, it's not really no potential. It's not potential to it. He'll be the opening day starter March 26th at Arizona, even though the team hasn't announced that yet. That'll be coming pretty soon. But there remains some question as to whether King Felix will be in the rotation. Have you have you watched him? Have you been able to see anything from him so far? I know the games aren't, haven't been on TV, but have you have you kept up with what he's doing, Eric? Yeah, I, I like a lot of what he's doing, man, honestly. Um yeah. His changeup looks incredible still. I mean, that's the pitch that, you know, that pitch won him to Cy Young and, and made him an all-star, and he's basically a legend here in Seattle because of that pitch. Um, but the other pitch he's throwing that I think is really nasty is he's throwing a front door um, two-seamer to lefties where he's starting mm-hmm. it at him, and it looks like a ball, and it kind of freezes him up and then comes back over the plate. Um, that's that's a pitch that, like, a guy like Kyle Hendricks lives off of is, is a is a ball-to-strike fastball where he can get um, hitters looking. And he, he threw it to some righties, too. But um, those are the type of moves he's got to make, man. He's got to start pitching like that. And, and I think he's starting to make that adjustment and getting more comfortable with it. And I mean, he looks really sharp, man. It's just it's just going to come down to if, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if they have a 40-man spot open or how that's all going to play out. But he looks good. I mean, I, I don't know what else he could do at this point. He's just got to yeah, keep it up. He has certainly pitched well enough to warrant strong consideration. But so have Kyle Wright and Tuki Toussaint. I mean, this is the problem the Braves wanted to have. Right. Uh, instead of, you know, having to force somebody in there that may or may not be ready, they want to have seven or eight guys to choose from. And they've got seven because they, they're getting seven stretched out right now. And these guys are pitching well. They, they, they shipped Bryce Wilson back to, you know, minor league camp. But the rest of the guys that, they're, that are in the running here have all pitched really well. I think the most pleasant surprise – because uh, Kyle Wright this time last year was still pitching really well too and then kind of fell on his face in the last two spring starts uh, and then the, the uh, regular season start that he had that first series. Uh, he wasn't ready yet, but uh, Tuki Toussaint I think is the real pleasant surprise. We're not so shocked to see Wright pitching well again, but Tuki last year you know, really struggled, but I think you've been a guy all along that's talked about how great his stuff is, and this spring he really looks like a different guy. He got himself in really good shape because he got too big last year. He looked like Did a he? power hitter last year. Yeah, he looked like a power hitter. He was too big and muscular, and he's in great shape this spring and really looking like the guy that he did when he came up when the Braves called him up two years ago. Well, he's got the stuff. You know, it's it's not a question of stuff with him. He's just he's just got to be consistent and make pitches. Um, and that, that's what makes this tough is I think, you know, those two guys are already on the 40 man. Um, I, and I, like I said, I'm not sure if the Braves have that spot open or how much they would value or who they have to take off. I mean, that's, what's really going to complicate things with Felix, but a guy like Tukey, man, you, you know, he's, he's always had the stuff and, and you see the replays when, when he pitches, they show some nasty curveballs and splits and everything. Um, he's just got to throw strikes and be in the zone and, I really like Wright too. I mean, his his confidence, his mound presence. Uh, he's big, strong guy. They both they're both studs. So, yeah. 
I mean, it's that's what that's what makes it so complicated when you're a veteran on a minor league deal is those those options those those obstacles of of not being on the forty man and and other prospects competing and stuff like that can can really you know it, it could cost Felix a chance at this rotation. But I think if he's pitching really well, um, they'll be able to find him a major league job. And I, and I'm pretty sure most teams, especially a team like the Braves, would be willing to do that rather than kind of hold mm-hmm. him hostage and send him to AAA. Right. Uh, they could they could open a spot on the six on the forty uh, man roster by you know like Jeremy Walker for instance is is been dinged up early in camp and they could put him on a sixty day something yeah. like that if they need to do it. Um, I think it's going to come down like you said to you know the forty man roster manipulation and how how much they value Hernandez's veteran presence, what he can bring to to a really young rotation still, and, and you know. With his diminished stuff, which is still good enough this spring, with when coupled with that considerable veteran guile that he has, it's been very good this spring and really good enough to get impressive results in four spring starts. Now they got to see in these last two yeah. whether it's good enough against a much better lineups because he's faced, like you pointed out early, so far all his starts have been at home. Well, so was last night. So that's four starts all here at Cool today park which means none of the lineups have been stacked yet and his next one's going to be against minnesota down in fort myers next weekend that will be against a much better lineup because they'll probably put by, by that point in the spring have most or all of their lineup regulars and they've got a hell of a lineup so he's really going to get it we're going to find out in a hurry whether that stuff will hold up against you know a much better lineup than what he's faced so far yeah, and that's the hardest thing is you come all this way. I mean, he got to he got to spring training over a month ago, and he's done everything in his power so far to to make this team. And it can all be undone in one or two outings, mm-hmm. and, and that's the hardest thing. That's why spring training is such a long grind when you're trying to make a team because um, you know you're so invested in every start. You're pitching passionately. You're chasing this goal, and even if you know he might just have an off day and get shelled, but the the narrative is going to be well, he finally faced a tough lineup, you know, and and that's how the team's going to look at it too. But if you look at the way he's throwing the ball, um, if he can mm-hmm. do anything close to this, because he knows how to spin the ball, he's he's placing his two seamer really well, he's throwing his change up, everything looks tight and sharp. I mean, he looks like a really valuable big league pitcher. And if you could have him, anybody throwing the ball like that, the way he's throwing it for just a million dollars, I mean, it's a steal. So yeah. you know, I'd, I'd hope that I hope he just keeps it up, so you don't have to have this discussion. But yeah, these next couple these next couple games are going to be everything for him. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm confident they're going to let him pitch both of those, regardless yeah. of what happens this one. They'll, he'll get all the six starts and uh, for sure and figure out where he is. He, I'm assume that the four, the first four, are pretty well set now. We've had three all along with Soroka, Max Fried, Mike Fultonavich, and Sean Newcomb has pitched well and certainly well enough this spring to warrant a spot in the rotation. Open the season, he's really looked good. Uh, another guy that you've raved about all along, thought his stuff was too good to not give another chance, and he's really making the most of it. He came to camp in great shape, worked out all off season in Atlanta instead of going back home to Boston in the cold up there. Stayed down in Atlanta, worked out, really was came in determined to keep that spot. I mean, you know, losing his spot in the rotation early last season and spending the year most of the year in the bullpen where he didn't want to be, but where he pitched really well allowed him to really pitch in a lot of situations and learn a lot. And I think between being motivated to keep that rotation spot uh, and, and learning what he could do when he's not out there pacing himself and, and all that, I think it really benefited him. I think it, it was nothing but a good experience last year. Well, you got to throw strikes coming out of the pen too. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you don't have time to mess around and find it. So the, 
you you know you you kind of get put in a position where you learn how to get in the zone quick and and get hitters out because you might only face one or two that day, and that could be a, you if you if you come in and walk two guys you could wind up giving up two runs and it takes you four or five outings out of the pen to to work that off. So I think that was really good for him from a strike throwing mindset to be out of the pen, and then also just losing that and and not wanting to lose it again. I, it seems like he's coming to camp really motivated this year, but he's always had the stuff. You know, it, it's it's yeah. it's almost his stuff for me is so good that he's really the only thing that can get in the way of it. It it, it, it could be if if he's not mentally prepared or not throwing strikes, but otherwise, if he can just get that stuff in the zone, I just don't see major league hitters hitting it consistently. He's got a 2-0 ERA in three starts. He's issued, most importantly, what you were just talking about, two walks with 11 yeah. strikeouts and nine innings. I mean, that's the only question with Nuke all along, right? The walks. Keeps those yeah, down. He's going to thrive. Yeah. For me, I mean, his stuff, his, the ball explodes out of his hand. I thought, I saw him throw one bullpen. Uh, I was rehabbing with Gwinnett, and I saw him throw one bullpen, and I was just like, what is this guy doing in AAA? Because the ball just explodes out of his hand. His curveball's nasty. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. Uh, he he just, you know, for me, it's, he reminds me a lot of just John Lester as far as being just that power lefty that's kind of intimidating on the mound. And then the way the ball comes out of his hand, uh, you don't, you just don't see too many lefties with that kind of stuff. So, I, I mean, I'm big on him. I've been big on him for a long time. You know that. Yeah. Interesting. I found out today, just to make sure, uh, there's no opt-out in King Felix's contract. A lot of those veterans sign those deals and they have an opt-out where if they're not in the rotation, then by opening day or by June 1st, then they can opt out. But there's not one in his deal. So, But I'm guessing, like you said, that if he doesn't make the Braves opening day rotation and he had interest from another team, thought he could pitch in their rotation, that the Braves are not going to hold him hostage and they'll let make something happen, either a trade or release him, whatever. If it comes to that, I think uh, I don't think that that you know it's probably a gentleman's agreement that we're not going to exactly. keep you here and send you to make you stay at AAA if you can pitch for another team. Exactly. A lot of times they do that. You know, I was I was looking for a job in 2016 and it, it came down to um, the Pirates or the Rangers and. I had the clause where if you're a veteran with over a certain amount of service time, maybe five years, if a team wants to keep you, they got to pay you a hundred grand to go to AAA, or they have to release mm-hmm. you. Um, which a lot of teams will do that if you're throwing the ball really well. And and so I talked to the Rangers and the Pirates, and um, neither one of them would give me an actual opt out. But the right kind of the handshake agreement with the Rangers, they said, look, we're going to want you to go to AAA for a month, you know, if if we're going to keep you and everything. Uh, we want the depth. And the, the Pirates, Neil Huntington, just said, you know, if there's a team that's going to put you in the big leagues, we're not going to hold you hostage. We want you playing in the big leagues. We want this whole thing to go well. You know, we don't want to do that. So that was a no-brainer for me. I signed with the Pirates the next day. Um, and so a lot of times there's that agreement there where, you know, maybe – Maybe Felix doesn't have that actual opt out, but but AA told him, right. "Look, man, if there's a big league job for you, you you're right. going, you know." And and that just kind of, I don't know why, but it's easier just to say it like that than to write it into the contract. Yeah, I think that goes with that. Uh, Alex is really, uh, he's got certain rules. And he doesn't like to bend them at all. In other words, he doesn't want to put opt-outs in, period. Whether it's an opt-out after three years in a multi-year deal or an opt-out here. So he can just say, period, we don't give opt-outs and we don't give no trade clauses. And just goes from there, you know. And we don't negotiate with a player in arbitration uh, once we file. So I think it's just a lot easier. And then you don't have to hem and haw and wonder, okay, do we bend it here? You just stick with it. But you tell the guy, like you just said. We're not going to keep you here if you're not going to be on the rotation and somebody else says, you know, 
you know, they'll give us whatever to, to take you. I would think so. I mean, the only thing I've, I've seen is that, you know, maybe if, if they, because his contract supposedly prorated or whatever, if, if they did tell him that they wanted him to go to AAA, it'd only be a, you know, a month or so. And then instead of say a million, he'd make like nine, 10 or mm-hmm. eight fifty, whatever the prorated amount is for, you know, five months of the season. But otherwise, man, I'd, I'd say that they're probably, you know, just there's a handshake agreement there for sure. So anyway, Felix has a 1.98 ERA and four starts uh, against the Red Sox on Monday night. He allowed six hits, one run, two walks with six strikeouts in five innings. He let the leadoff hitter reach in each of the first two innings. He worked out at both of those at a, both of those jams, which you know that's where the veteran presence is is so apparent. And then he gave up a run in third, lost his command for a stretch. Or they gave up a run in the fourth, lost his command for a stretch there, but then recovered it and really looked good in his fifth inning. So for the spring, he's allowed three runs with five walks, 14 strikeouts in 13 and two-thirds innings. I think this is a real good stat, too. He's given up one or no runs in every outing. So you're seeing that stability even even in spring training outings. You know, he keeps talking about his health, too, and – I mean, I never blame struggles on health just in case I sucked anyway. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? I didn't right. want to. I didn't want to say, "Well, this is why I was bad," and then because then you got to go back it up, and then right. if you don't back it up, it's it's <laughs> kind of full of crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, if his arms really been bothering him, he hasn't been feeling well. You know, this it's one of those things where it really could be. This is the first time he's felt good in a long time, mm-hmm. and and I, I'm going to keep going back to that. But this guy at a million dollars, man, is. That's a steal. If he's anything close to what he's looking like uh, on the mound so far, um, it's just you can't even turn that down. Yeah, and he he probably lost just looking at him. He looks like he lost at least twenty pounds from last year. Or so between you know having a healthy arm and losing that weight, he's probably moving a lot you know a lot easier than he was. So he's, he looks stronger. He looks he he looks more athletic. He looks his arm action looks good, and you know his curveball everything looks tight and crisp. Um, I mean, that's what I look for. The changeup, he struck out the first – his first strikeout was like the third inning yesterday. I can't remember who it was, a lefty. But the lefty swung and missed his changeup by like a foot. It was in the dirt, and the lefty swung at his knees. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just tells me that the, the ball is just – his stuff's there. As it, You know, the velocity might not be there. And the big thing for him is, you know, when you're a power pitcher, you just hit spots sometimes. And then you miss over the middle, and they foul it straight back into the net. You know, they take a big swing. They can't quite get to it. You realize your mistake. And you make a better pitch, you know, the next pitch. But when you're throwing five, six, seven miles an hour slower like he is, um, and slower than three to four miles an hour slower than every pitcher now, pretty much every mistake over the middle gets hammered. You know, you just, you don't get away with it. And I think he's finally making that adjustment, realizing like he just doesn't have the, the room for error to be in the middle of the plate anymore. And once you make that adjustment and realize that, then you can kind of really focus on just making pitches. And it seems like he's really embracing that side of himself and abandoning the ball a lot better. Yeah, Ron Renneke, uh, the Red Sox manager, had a great quote about him. He said, he said when he first came to the big leagues, he was just an absolutely dominant pitcher. Power, great breaking ball, great changeup. He's had to change his game. How do I still pitch and not throw 97 all the time? He's a smart guy. He's got a great feel for it. He's different than he was before, but he's smart. He knows how to pitch, and he spins the ball really well. And he said if he commands the ball, he can pitch like that. For sure. And that, that's the thing. is I don't, I don't know that he ever had to pitch with command because he had such a devastating changeup, and he was throwing 95. 
Mm-hmm. And he was throwing 99 when he first came up. But, you know, if he's commanding the ball, I, I, I think the stuff, you know, the movement on it, the the sharpness of his breaking ball and changeup and the two-seamer and what he's doing as far as he's really pitching, there's no reason he can't be successful. He's just, you know, it's more of a mental grind at that point. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the point of having to make every single pitch, it's kind of a mental adjustment and it's mentally taxing that he might not be used to, you know, if, even if he tried to do it last year for the first time. And it's hard. Yeah. I mean, his changeup at one time was considered, I mean, the it was as unhittable as Mariano Rivera's cutter or very close. And he had an array of curved sliders. He's still throwing those and he's throwing a two-seamer and a four-seamer. Um I mean, he's not nearly the king of old, but he's looked much better than the guy who went, what, 15-27, 5.42 ERA over the last three seasons with Seattle when he had the shoulder issues, a lat problem last year. I asked him, you know, what's the difference between – you know, every, he looked every bit those last few years like the guy who had thrown more than 2,200 innings before he turned yeah. 30. Yeah. And I asked him the biggest difference between the last couple of years and now, the spring, and he said – being healthy is one thing, and the other thing is just throw the ball wherever you want to throw it. Command all the corners. Command of my fastball and a good breaking ball, and with my changeup, I think we're going to be fine. He said, back when I was young, I was throwing harder. Now I've just got to control all my pitches, mix my changeup, breaking ball, sliders, and my two-seamers, and I'll be fine. I mean, his stuff was so good. When I was with Oakland, they had every pitch. He was doing something. He was tipping one game. They had every pitch he was throwing, and he he still went like five or six innings with one or two runs. And they knew every single pitch he was throwing. Uh, that's just how tight his changeup was. They knew he threw it every three-two count. They try to lay off it, and they'd still swing because it looked like a strike. I mean, he was just he was just that nasty back in the day. So when you have just an equalizer pitch like that, you get away with a lot of sloppiness. Yeah. Um, once the stuff goes, you know, even even for me when I was younger, I would throw fastballs right down the middle sometimes, and they'd get fouled off because I just had extra life on my fastball and it, it kind of kept me lazy until the point where once I learned how to pitch then my career really took off but with Felix you know he he had such just so such powerful dominating stuff that he might not have had to learn to pitch to the last three four years and that's mm-hmm. a tough lesson to learn in your 30s yeah. when you've done things a certain way for so long and you're hurting if you're yeah hurting and he all. got you know and if you're hurting at all, you know, it's it's a tough game to play at 100%. If you're at 80%, I mean, it could really cost you. But the other, you know, the other good sign is he's he was getting shelled the last two spring trainings. It's not like he was out dealing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first time I hadn't really thought about it, but I guess it's obvious. This is the first time he's ever had to compete for a job. I mean, <laughs> since you know, he was never, 19. <laughs> yeah. And and he says he isn't taking anything for granted. He said minimally it's a little different. I mean, it's another challenge and you concentrate a little more. Just go out and do your thing, uh, but he's also realistic because he, you know, he knows how rosters work and all that. He said, "I just got to keep doing my job, and then it's not my decision." He said he won't be surprised whichever way it goes. Yeah, and that, you know that's that's a good mindset to have because there's a lot you can't control. But mm-hmm. I think for him, you know, if if I personally was in his shoes and I was doing what he's doing right now, I'd feel pretty good about my odds of being on a major league roster somewhere. Yeah. I think he, you know, I think he really wants to be here because he knows his team's really good, and you know, you get you kind of get attached to the teammates. You have this sure. forty five days of hanging out with these guys every day. You you kind of become part of the group, and you want to be here and you want to be a part of it. But uh, you know, if you're in his shoes, you just think there's got to be somebody willing to to take on whatever a million bucks or something like that to 
to have a guy with his stature and his experience, you know, in the five in the five spot of the rotation. I asked Max Free this morning because he's this this off season and this spring he's kind of dedicated to to uh, to really honing his changeup because he thinks that can really help him a lot to improve it. He's got two guys. Think about it with arguably the best two of the best three or four changeups of the last twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, and Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez. Yeah. How about that? He said he's picking both of their brains, listens to both of them all the time. Yeah, well, he doesn't need any help with his fastball or curveball. And, no. it, you know, it's scary <laughs> to think what Max would be like with a changeup, with a nasty mm-hmm. changeup and, and knowing what to do with it and when to throw it. Um, yeah, that's that's another good reason to have these guys. I mean, I don't yeah. know how much time he's got to spend around Hamels because he's been hurt. but um, Yeah, Hamels you know. is here. He's in. He's going to the backfields, went out and watched Max pit, uh, throw side session uh, and cool. uh, live BP and was talking. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Soroka. Soroka's got two more starts before he makes his opening day start. Uh, or and you know it's going to be the first time he's been on the opening day roster because last year he missed the first, last part. He missed part of spring training with a sore shoulder. He didn't make his season debut till April 18th, and the year before, obviously, he didn't make his major league debut until May, and then was soon went on the DL. So this will be his first time on the opening day roster period, and he'll be starting. Uh, he had his first spring start this year pushed back by a minor adductor string, but he's looked good, but otherwise healthy. The arm and the shoulder, everything's fine. He's had He had an uncharacteristic for him, three walks in four-plus innings Tuesday, today. The fourth walk came against the only battery facing the fifth inning. He's one start behind the others because of the late start he had with the adductor string. Threw only 33 strikes and 65 pitches, but he felt really good. Um, he's... Uh, He's worked, he worked with Travis Darno today, really likes working with him. He said that uh, he was glad Travis Darno kept having him throw his changeup, even though he misfired on a few of them. Soroka said it was an interesting outing for sure. I guess I tried to get after it a little too hard in the second and third inning. I found I was just wanting it a little too bad sometimes, which kind of resulted in those yanked changeups. But we were really good at making adjustments, and Darno kept calling it because we knew you've got to keep throwing it. I felt once I got in the fourth inning, things really loosened up. Things really started to flow again. He felt more athletic, and I felt I made some good adjustments. But he really liked how Darno kept having him throw that changeup. He said, don't worry about the last one. The only one that matters is the next one. Yeah, Darno's great, honestly. And that's what you want your catcher to do. You know, what a lot of catchers will do, because a lot of times they kind of lose track of that it is spring training and you do need to accomplish things. But Mm -hmm. if you throw a bad slider, a bad changeup, they'll go away from it because they don't want you to get hit. Um, So that's smart of him to to make him make the pitch and and force him to learn it like that because a lot of catchers, they run from that pitch and then you never get your slider better and and you don't throw any that day or your changeup doesn't get better. And the next time out, you're still where you were a week ago. Um, so that that's smart. But I've always liked Travis a lot. I threw to him a little bit when I was with the Mets, and he's just a zero-ego catcher. Uh, he just uh-huh. wants his pitchers to do well. He's he's really receptive to any feedback you give him um, and just a super chill guy. I don't know if you've ever – I don't know how much time you've talked to him, but he's like the most yeah. laid-back dude oh, yeah. in baseball. Oh, yeah, he's, totally. I mean, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> he's like the guy next door who sells insurance or something. He's, he's chilling. <laughs> yeah, but that's totally. good. It's good to have a, a neutral head back there. Um, yeah, so he had walks, two walks in Bradenton the other day, and he's most both of them were borderline. And him and Snit both thought they were strikes, but today he had three walks. And I asked him, you know, and he said, "No, nope, I just on two of those were just missed ex- missed execution." Uh, and he said, 
they always talk about effective wildness. And I think today most of my mistakes were outside the strike zone. So it wasn't ones that I could get hurt on. So that's okay too sometimes. Um, he's got two more starts before opening day. And what does he want to accomplish between now and then? He said, for me, it's about continuing what I felt in the fourth inning today, feeling nice and loose and athletic. For me, the feel came back. I was searching for a lot of things in the second and third inning and then kind of stopped trying too hard and just let it happen. So continue on that. Obviously, results matter always, but definitely the feel. I need to get the feel back for sure. He said all four pitches have been there throughout the spring, and it's just a matter of kind of bringing it all together at once and using those last two outings for what we can get out of them and make sure the complete package is there on the opening weekend. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. He's going to be ready. Said, asked him, has he allowed himself to be, you know, even think about making that opening day start? And he said, you're always going to think about possi- those possibilities when you're envisioning things for the future. You always put yourself in people's shoes when you're watching them, whatever, or whatever. You're always thinking that's going to be you out there someday. So, yeah, I've thought about that a lot. If I get that opportunity, it'll be amazing to be able to go out there and be loose and relax and let it fly. Yeah. I, you know, he's just a guy that I don't even – you just don't worry about him because he's so smart. You don't hear – how old is he now? 22, 23? 22. You don't hear – 22. You don't hear a 22-year-old talk about this. Yeah. This type of stuff, you know, how advanced he is. And, and that combination of being young and, you know, most guys figure out the stuff he's figuring out when they're 26, 27. Because you know, yeah. he, talks, he talks about a guy that signed on a free agent deal. And this is, you know, his yeah. 15 spring training. You know how advanced he is. But, you know, you just don't hear guys at his age. And, and that's what makes him so special is to be able to say things like this and think like this at, at such a young age. I, I asked what the last, as a follow-up, what the last step is before he's ready for opening day. And he said, I, found, I thought his, interesting was, his answer was interesting. He said, and it was something I wanted to ask you to kind of elaborate on. He said, I talk about feel a lot. A lot of it's feel off my hand, off my fingers. The two-strike, two-seamer I threw to Diaz was exactly where we needed that pitch to be. And a couple of breaking balls, my wrist kind of fell around them like it should. So you could see it. And the hitters will tell you a lot of times, too, you'll start to see early commitments. That means it's coming out of your hand right, as opposed to early on in the game when it just seemed like there was a little bit of hesitation when I was throwing my off speed. That just meant it wasn't coming out the way I wanted to. We figured that out, though. I wanted to ask you, Eric, explain a little bit what it means what he means by getting the feel and how that's so important for a pitch and not anything that we can really see from just watching a pitcher. Well, it's, it's really slight. What he's, what he's talking about is the hitters recognizing his breaking ball. So, mm-hmm. and what makes a good breaking ball is that it, it comes out like a fastball, you know, and, and what will happen a lot of times is the, the breaking ball will just slightly pop up out of your hand. And as you're coming up through the minors, little stuff like that, the guys will still swing. You'll still get strikeouts and whatnot. But big league hitters recognize that stuff and shut down on the pitch immediately. So when you see a hitter shut down that quickly on your breaking mm-hmm. ball, you have to think you either tipped it. And if you know you're not tipping, if you're clean with all that, then you know it's just not coming out right. So what he's talking about is those first couple innings, they were just shutting it down. They, you know, The hitters tell you so much with their reactions to the pitch. And he finally got it coming out of his hand right, nice and tight. And I always talk about tight, but um, you know the spin when it's when it's spinning really tight and it comes out where you're on top of the breaking ball and you throw it like a fastball, it'll actually track like a fastball out of your hand until it gets you know say two thirds of the way of the plate, then it'll drop. Where your sloppy breaking ball will pop up out of your hand, they shut it down. 
immediately. Um, but mm-hmm. you can't always feel that as much as you could see it from the hitters. You know, sometimes you feel like you're throwing a really good one mm-hmm. and they just shut it down. You say, okay, I got to make some kind of adjustment here. So he obviously, he found a way to get that breaking ball coming out nice and tight and like a fastball those last few innings. Right. Good. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or a tuxedo, for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Another one, we felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code BRAVES. That's theblacktux.com, code BRAVES. For 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux. Formal wear for the moment. God, that's good shit, boys. <laughs> <laughs> can't have those bad vibes on your wedding day. I can't believe we did that without any f*** up. All right, here we go. Eric, here's something else that Soroka said. I asked him, I asked him about working so far this spring with Darno. You, you mentioned that you pitched it with the Mets, and you really liked him. Veteran newcomer here. He'll split the catching duties with Tyler Flowers. Soroka said... It's been awesome. He said, Travis and I have worked a ton together. Like I said, when we go out there and the changeup's not there all the time, we want to keep going to it because we understand it's going to be a pitch we need. And that goes for the regular season, too. That's not just spring training. Um, He said, I gave him some pretty tough ones that I pulled in the left-handed batter's box, and he didn't seem to care. He'd go, next one, next one. That's the only one that matters. It's awesome to have a catcher that likes to work with you like that who will just get out there and work with you. Um, from a pitcher's perspective, and you mentioned that to know that Soroka is already that comfortable with Darno after three and a half weeks of spring training, that's got to be great, right? Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't know if Travis gets enough credit for. I mean, he's a good framer and whatnot, but I don't know if he gets enough credit for his defense. But it, you know, because his bat's so good, but and if he could start, I know he's made some adjustments throwing wise too. But this guy could be really valuable as well. Um, just just having that comfort with him and I didn't pitch well I didn't pitch well you could have had any catcher in the world back there when I was with the Mets I wasn't going to throw well I was such a wreck but um I love throwing to him and I was comfortable with him immediately um uh, once I got there um and he's just really receptive you know and he just has this energy to him like you know how do we get through this what do you want to do and he's just so invested in your success um and and not stressed about it, you know. He's just listening. He's 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 receptive to everything you say, and he, he just wants you to do well. Uh, just when a catcher 
when a catcher is that attentive and, and that invested in your success, man, you just immediately feel comfortable. Um, I, and I do like that, like I said, he keeps going back to that changeup and make it throw and make that pitch because it gives him a chance to to get better at throwing it. But that's that's kind of a vet uh, catcher move right there. Um, and it's just a good sign overall. And, you know, he was slowed. He had the Tommy John surgery. And it took him a while to get to regain his arm strength, but he's really surprised people here with the arm that he's showed uh, and so far in spring training. He's got a good arm, and I don't think many people realize that because you know coming back from TJ, it took him a couple of years. I mean, his, his arm could have been shredded for a long time too. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You never know yeah, how long could, it was bothering him because he could catch longer with it with it partially torn than you could pitch, obviously. Yeah, yeah, because you're not, I mean, those high rep throws, if you're only throwing, you know, a little mm-hmm. light catch and then throwing at a couple runners a game, you're, you're, it's different than throwing every day. But his arm might have been bothering him for a few years, and and he's just now mm-hmm. finally healthy with it. So you never know. Ronald Acuna, he had a little flare single today, Tuesday, and a walk in three plate appearances, raised the Phenom's batting average to, well, to 115. But... <laughs> It's not been a great spring so far for the Braves' dynamic leadoff hitter, who's three for 26 with three singles, two RBIs, two walks, 12 strikeouts, and a 170 OBP and a 115 slugging percentage. But as you and I both agree, we don't care. And I don't think anybody who's seen Acuna the last two years is worried about anything other than him staying healthy, right? Uh, if I could put $1,000 on him going deep opening day right now, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about him one bit. Yeah, there's a, there's zero reason to believe he won't produce when the games matter. And in case anybody was wondering, I think because some people probably wonder why as such a young guy, he's not used to struggling, what it might be doing to him. It's not doing anything to diminish his energy, his optimism, or sense of humor. We talked to him this morning, Tuesday morning before the game, and asked him about you know the spring he's had. And here's some of what he said through the interpreter, Franco Garcia. He said on how he feels at the plate, he said, I feel good, and that's the most important thing, obviously, but baseball is a game of highs and lows. I understand that. The most important thing to me is I still feel good. You know, don't think too too much about it. Then he said, uh, asked him, would you say you're usually a slow starter most of the time? And he said, yeah, I've always been a slow starter, and I don't know why, to be honest. I'm not sure what the reason is, but it's something that I don't really give too much time to, to thinking about, just because I know what I'm capable of, and I know what can happen during the regular season, so I just keep my head strong and keep a positive attitude. So, I mean, when you know how incredibly talented <laughs> he is, and then, and then you know mentally that it's not doing anything to him, then I think right there you go, okay, it really doesn't matter what happens between now and opening day. That's part of what makes him so good, though, is the kid's just playing a game. I yeah. mean, I saw him hit a breaking ball down and away, went down to a knee and hit it over the Braves' bullpen last year, and it's just <laughs> backyard baseball stuff you see this dude do yeah. on, a, on a consistent basis. And as long as – with his talent, as long as he keeps that mindset, there's no reason to worry about anything. And I mean, we've already talked about that, but he's just too talented to fail. Yeah, agreed. And I, I think he'll be every bit as good as he was last year or better. I mean, I, I wouldn't bet against him at all doing 40-40 this year. He's just got to stay healthy. He said 50-50, didn't he? Yeah, he said he told <laughs> Ozzy that's what he wanted to do. You should ask him. You still feel good about that 50-50? He probably yeah. does. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when you've had a couple of great seasons, I asked him, does it make dealing with some spring struggles like this a little easier than if you're a rookie? Yeah. 
And he said, I mean, I always come in with the same attitude no matter what. So I'm always trying to be energetic and upbeat and positive. To me, the way I look at every spring training and every time out there is basically learning a job. So that's my mentality that I'm trying to earn or keep a job. That's the way I look at it. So we were kind of laughing at him. And uh, somebody asked him, so you mean you, this doesn't feel any different than you than 2018? That's when he went crazy and forced his way yeah. on the roster, basically, even though they waited a month to bring him up because so, you know, they could have another year of uh, before free yeah. agency. But he said, so does this feel any different? That This feels just like 2018 did to you? <laughs> and he laughed and said, I'd say the only difference is back then I was hitting, and right now I'm not hitting very well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I said, you don't worry about those things and just keep a positive attitude. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fine. He he reminds me honestly the way he plays of someone like Miguel Cabrera or something, and and that's what mm-hmm. makes Miggy so great is that yeah. these guys are just so talented and and they, they have so much like his opposite field power, his his skill set is just you get to play a game when you're that talented. You know, it'd be like LeBron, it'd be like LeBron trying to. <laughs> you think he's ever stressed if he has a bad yeah. training camp? Yeah, he's he's six foot eight and he can dunk <laughs> from the three point line. You know, you just you don't worry about stuff when you're as good as these guys are. And I also asked him about Marcelo Zuna, who's, you know, having a terrible spring. Asked him how uh, things are going so far with him and if they've commiserated or joked with each other about it. And he said, yeah, we obviously give each other a hard time and we joke around a lot. But those things, I don't think we put too much mind to it. Obviously, what's important is what happens March 26 on. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I'm saying I think he'll go deep opening day. As soon as those lights come on, I think he'll just wake up and and start doing his thing. Yeah, uh, and and one other thing about the team's outlook, he said, really good. Obviously, we have such a healthy mix of veterans and young players. I think this team has the potential to be even better than last year's team. Yeah, they do, and it, yeah. you know it's going to be a fun race watching them because I think the Nationals are coming out pretty confident last after last year. I don't I think it's going to be as easy, and and the Phillies too. Harper's not going to be playing with the same pressure. I think I think it's going to be a tougher division this year. And the Mets, dude. I mean, the Mets have got. If they just stay healthy, there's no reason the Mets can't be a wild card team or or win the division. I mean, if yeah. they stay healthy, that's always the thing with them. Just keep those pitchers healthy. There's just always so much happening with the Mets. Something. It's always yeah. something that just they doesn't met, go their they way. Find it seems a way like. to Mets it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's there. Yeah, the division race. I mean, there's four teams that are legitimately good enough to win the division. I mean, that's, I think it's by far the best division in the NL and probably the best division in baseball. Yeah, a lot of them are. Well, I don't know. Who, who knows how the Astros are going to do this year? But but you yeah. got the, the Dodgers are winning their division. That remains uh, to be seen. That's going to be interesting to watch the Astros, man. They're going to get this everywhere. You just just they come here today with a, They come here today with a split squad team. Here in quiet Northport, you know, nice, a lot of older people here, some younger people, you know, friendly place, no pressure. They run guys, there's a few recognizable names out there, and when they (laughs) introduced them, everybody was booing, except the Astros fans in their orange jerseys, but all the other fans were booing. They booed every time Springer or Reddick came up to bat. I mean, this is a spring training game. They're going to get this all year long. It's never going to end. It might it it might be one of those things they can use as like a chip on their shoulder though, and something yep. to prove. It, it, they might play that, even better. <laughs> I said that to somebody yesterday. Could go either way. They could get old to them and just wear them down, or they could have that us against the world mentality and say everybody hates are. us. Let's just go do it. 
and they could be big assholes about it. it it'd actually be kind yeah. of funny to see him just kill everybody and then and get to the World Series again and and have all this going on yeah. and see how they act because it'd be entertaining to see how they act because I don't think they'd be cool about it if they dealt with this all year. No but, doubt. You know, it's funny in spring training too. You're seeing these guys that just want their forty bucks in meal money coming over from minor league camp, having to get booed for nine innings in left field. <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't cheat at all. He was in Double A last year. <laughs> but they, you know, in the past, I mean, coming all the way from over in West Palm to this place, you wouldn't have seen more than one regular in that lineup. But you saw right. a few today because I think they're giving some of those guys a chance to play in some of the lesser profile. In other words, not have yeah. them play in what they think will be an easier crowd. But they come here, you know, and got got their asses booed. So you just imagine when they go to some of those places they're going to go to this year. You know, Yankee Stadium, Oakland, some places they're just going to be. It's going to be so lusty. Yeah, it's not going to stop. Texas. I don't. I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll impact them. You know, heavily. They'll get pretty used to it after about two weeks. Yeah. I think. I'll bet they will. Yeah. But it'll feel good for the fans, I think. And the the garbage can jokes aren't going to stop. There was a guy here with a with a hat on today that I had a garbage him. can lid on it. Yeah, <laughs> I saw him. And then there's a, there's the shirts that have ass strows. As in yep. two S's, three S's, or rather. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. They're the, they're the Raiders now, man. Yeah, everybody hates them. <laughs> All right, well, it's going to get interesting. Like I said, we've got two and a half weeks until uh, opening day. Now you're going to start to see the regular lineup a lot more or close to it. Uh, the Braves, you'll start to see the Freddie Freemans, the Acunas get, you know, four bats, and, uh, and especially the home games, I think you're going to see the full lineup and – so this one it starts to get interesting. You'll have another round of cuts after there's a split squad game today because there's another game Tuesday night against the Orioles, and then you'll see uh, the Braves make their next round of cuts and and get down closer to forty because they still have fifty two in camp right now, and that's when it's going to start to get you know interesting and you really see a more representative sample I think from them and from other teams. So this is a good time of spring training. Yeah, yeah, it is. You start getting that group down to. Uh... You know the guys you're actually going to be playing with this year. I, I think a lot of guys look forward to that, and I'm sure they're getting they're chomping at the bit to start the season at this point. Especially going out west coast, man, to start. I kind of like that. You know, you're going to go out there and get good weather. You're not going to get rained out. You know, you you you, you go from good weather here instead of going up north like they've had to do so many times recently. It feels like you know going up to start the season in Philly or New York and. And, yeah. and, you know, not having any idea what the weather's going to be like or whether you're going to get all the games in. You know, you go from playing at 80, 85 degrees to playing in, you know, 35. So they're going out to Arizona and San Diego. They know what the weather's going to be like. It's going to be real close to what it was here. So that would be good. Yeah. Get that West Coast trip out of the way, too, while you're still fresh. Yeah, exactly. And then you get and then you get home and your, your crowd's going to be so energized that you know, they'll wake you right back up in a hurry. You'll come back yep. home and you'll still feel, you'll be on that high. So. So stay tuned. We'll be back. We're going to have some special guests, I think, coming up on Friday, barring any last-minute changes. We're going to have uh, one of our favorite guests, Chipper Jones, making a return. So, Chipper, the pressure's on you, buddy, if you're listening to this. So you can't pull out, man. <laughs> so Chipper and Moylo, Peter Moylan, are both going to be uh, coming up real soon, whether Friday or next Tuesday. So stay tuned to us. and. And listen to us on all the different formats, wherever you like it best. And give some good reviews, all right? Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.